0: for me and I'm sure for Lydia that we've heard of but never really knew that much about. Mm -hmm. We're going to take you through the murders, the psychology of the killer, suspects and any theories that have come up over the years regarding the Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac Killer or simply Zodiac is a pseudonym of an unidentified American serial killer who operated in Northern California from at least the late 1960s to the early 1970s. He murdered five known victims in Benicia, Vallejo Napa County and San Francisco targeting young couples with two of the men surviving attempted murder. The Zodiac himself once claimed to have murdered around 37 victims.
1: At around 10:15 pm on the 27th of December 1968 high school students Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday parked on a gravel turnout on Lake German Road, a spot commonly known as Lovers Lane. While they were there another car parked beside the couple. The driver apparently exited the car walked towards Betty Lou and David ordering them out of the car. Betty Lou got out of the car first yet when David was just halfway out of the car he was shot in the head by the killer. The killer then shot Betty five times in the back as she tried to escape. The killer then drove from the scene. Just before 11 p.m that night their bodies were found by a local resident. The local sheriff investigated the crime but no leads were developed. This is widely seen as the first of the murders committed by the Zodiac killer. Six and a half months later, just before midnight on the 4th of July, 1969, Darlene Farron and Michael Margio drove to Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo, just four miles from the Lovers Lane crime scene. While the couple sat in Darlene's car, a second car drove into the car park and parked beside them, but then drove off almost straight away. The same car returned ten minutes later parking behind the couple. The driver got out, coming to Michael's side of the car, carrying a flashlight and a 9 millimeter Luger. The killer directed the flashlight into the couple's eyes before shooting them five times. The killer then began to walk away towards his car, but when he heard Michael moaning, he came back and shot each victim twice, just before leaving. So can I just say, going to, like, lover's lane spots and, like, make-out spots is just, like...
0: Isn't that such an American thing? I don't know if I grew up, like, sad and lonely, but... But it's just, like, I don't know, that is, like, always
1: the scene of a murder film, do you know what I mean? And I
0: find it weird that you would go to, like, the same place that someone died, like, six months ago. Like, that's really not that Mm. long ago. Kind of weird, that would freak me out. It
1: it wasn't the exact same place, but, like, it was the same type of place, do you know what I mean? Where, like, teenagers would go. Around an hour later, a man called the Vallejo Police Department to report the crime and claim responsibility. The same caller also took credit for the murder of Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday back in December. The police traced the call to a payphone just 500 metres from Darlene's home and a few blocks away from the police station. Darlene was pronounced dead at the hospital, but Michael survived the attack despite being shot in the face, neck and chest.
0: Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah.
0: I think I've like looked up pictures of him as well to see what he looks like because I yeah. remember thinking, like, oh, he's been shot in the face and he actually doesn't even look that different.
1: Michael described his ta- attacker as a 26 to 30-year-old, 88 to 91 kilo or even po- possibly even more, 5 foot 8 inch white male with short, light brown curly hair.
0: It's such a I could never. Killer, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but I also, like, I could never guess someone's weight by looking at them
0: do you know what i mean like you could be like oh they were skinny or like i don't even know what five foot eight would look like off the top of my head do you know what i mean unless people tell me like oh i'm five eight or whatever
1: yeah or i'd be like oh they're they're maybe like a couple of inches taller or shorter than me
0: do you know what i mean i wouldn't even want to like guess in case i was wrong yeah (laughs) On the 1st of August 1969, three letters prepared by the killer were received at the Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle and the San Francisco Examiner. Each of the nearly identical letters took credit for both murders. Each letter also included one third of a 408 symbol cryptogram, which the killer claims contained his identity. In these letters, the killer also demanded that each of the cryptograms be printed on the front page of each paper, or he would, cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend that is weird which also it doesn't fit his MO well already
1: like lone people like you mean like single people do you know what I mean like people just oh, this walking on the
0: street I mean we'll get onto it in a bit but this is yeah. the whole, one of the whole main reasons no one ever found him is because his MO he just switches yeah. it up like every other month yeah the Chronicle published its third of the cryptogram on page four of the next day's edition. Vallejo Police Chief Jack Stilts announced, We are not satisfied that the letter was written by the murderer, and requested the writer to send a second letter with more facts to prove his identity. The threatened murders did not happen. On August 7th, 1969, another letter was received at the San Francisco Examiner, with the salutation, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. The letter was a response to Chief Stilts' request for more details that would prove he had killed Faraday, Jensen and Farin. In it, the Zodiac included details about the murders which had not yet been released to the public. On August 8th, 1969, Donald and Betty Harden of Salinas, California, cracked a 408 symbol cryptogram. He said he was collecting slaves for the afterlife. No name appears in the decoded text and the killer said that he would not give away his identity because it would slow down or stop his slave collection. I mean who are these people? Yeah. Who are these people that solved this cryptogram? They must have been fucking geniuses.
1: Oh, it's like puzzle people, isn't
0: it? Because like... the the other two still aren't solved. That's mad to me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like what is that like?
1: Slave? So it's not even like uh, the same thing. You know? I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. Almost two months later, students Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were on a picnic at Lake Berryessa. While here, a man approached them with a gun. The man spoke to the couple, claiming to be an escaped prisoner from jail, where he had killed a guard and stolen a car. He explained to them that he now needed their car and money to get to Mexico. Handing some plastic clothesline to Cecilia, he ordered her to tie Brian's hands together. He then drew a knife and stabbed them both repeatedly. Brian received six stab wounds and Cecilia received ten the killer then walked 500 yards to brian's car where he wrote vallejo 12 20, 7, 4, september 27 nine six thirty 30 slash by knife on his car door in black pen now uh maybe we should explain that yeah <laughs> basically they were the dates of the crimes yeah the the three crimes that he's
1: taken um that he's taken credit for. He wants whoever, to, whoever finds that message to know that he's, he's officially a serial killer now. Like, to yeah. be known as a serial killer, you have to have murdered at least three people, I think it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he's not just a spree killer, he's a serial killer now.
0: Okay. So, at 7.40pm, the killer reported the crime to Napa County Sheriff's Office, taking responsibility for the attack. The call was traced and found, still off the hook, on Main Street in Napa, only a short distance from the sheriff's office, yet 27 miles from the crime scene. A palm print was lifted from the phone, but a match was never found. A man and his son discovered the victims and then contacted park rangers. When sheriff deputies arrived, Cecilia was still conscious and was able to provide a detailed description of the attacker. She described the attacker as a white man, about 5 foot 11, weighing more than 77 kilograms. With combed, greasy brown hair, approaching them wearing a black executioner-style hood with clip-on sunglasses over the eye house <laughs> What the fuck are clip-on sunglasses? <laughs> are they like oh, what oh. you put? They're
1: the like the clip-ons that you put on your regular glasses, so you don't need any. No, oh,
0: swear to God, imagine some guy fucking coming up to you in an executioner mask with clip-on sunglasses. <laughs> I'd be like, you'd be like, Are you like, a- okay? A- you were <laughs> gonna die, would not you? You'd be like, Yeah, I'm gonna die. <laughs> And a bib-like device on his chest that has a white three-inch cross-circle symbol on it. You know, the symbol that the Zodiac is famous for. So as the couple were taken to the hospital, Cecilia lapsed into a coma from which she would never wake again. She dies two days later, but Brian survived the attack.
1: I feel like, I can't remember if it goes into it, but the way he attacks the women is a lot more violent than the way he attacks the men.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... mean? especially there it says she got stabbed four more times than brian yeah
1: and then like um betty lou was shot in the back like i know because she was trying to escape and stuff but it's like he makes Mm -hmm. sure that the women don't survive does that make sense yeah
0: yeah and it's sad really she was she she was able to give them a description but yeah they she then died like did they take so long making her give them a description that she died
1: i don't know i suppose if it's a if it's a long journey to the hospital and stuff if it's like in the middle of nowhere then like sometimes it's just that maybe that like you punctured that many organs or whatever mm. like two weeks later on october 11th 1969 a white male passenger entered the taxi driven by paul stein in san francisco requesting to be taken to Presidio heights yeah 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 they gotta make these names easier
0: seriously i don't know what it maybe it's like i don't know because they're all americanized
1: yeah i suppose
0: we just can't do them
1: mm. <laughs> although we do have places called like
0: worcestershire and stuff like that yeah that's true <laughs> I can't even so we them. can't really talk <laughs> yeah <And> greenwich <laughs> i remember you just think greenwich was greenwich yeah
1: <laughs> when the taxi stops the passenger shot Paul once in the back of the head with a nine millimetre, took his wallet, keys and tore away a section of his bloodstained shirt. This attack was witnessed by three teenagers across the street at 9.55pm, who then called the police while the attack was still in progress. They saw the man wipe down the inside of the taxi before walking away towards the north. Two blocks away from the scene, officers Fook and Zelms were responding to the call. They observed a white man along the road to the east of Jackson Street. They saw him step into a stairway leading up to a front yard of one of the homes there. But the encounter only lasted five to ten seconds. Fook estimated that the white male was 35 to 45 years old, five foot ten with a crew cut hairstyle similar, but but slightly older than the other descriptions given by victims. Although I should say that could still be a little bit off because it was nine o'clock at night in the winter. So it's going to be dark. That's true. Yeah, that's why there was like either. So it could have been like heavy rain, that type of stuff as well. So I do actually talk
0: about. I do actually talk about this a bit later, and it's talking about like why he didn't get caught.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. The officers initially didn't think much of this encounter because the police radio dispatcher had alerted them to be on the lookout of a black suspect. The, mi- the mix-up of the description is still unexplained. This is the last confer- official confirmed kill by the Zodiac killer. Paul Stein's murder was initially thought to be a robbery that escalated, but on the 13th of October, the San Francisco Chronicle received a new letter from the Zodiac taking credit for the killing. The next day, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac containing a swatch of Paul Stein's shirt as proof that he was the killer. The letter also contained a threat about killing children on the school bus. The plan the Zodiac stated was to shoot out the front tyre and then pick off the little kiddies as they came bouncing out that's that's not just me being really
0: inappropriate that is horrible
1: (laughs) yeah at 2pm on the 20th of october someone claiming to be the zodiac called oakland police department demanding that f lee bailey and melvin belly appear on the local san francisco talk show hosted by jim dunbar belly appeared on the show and eventually someone claiming to be the zodiac called several times and said that his name was sam Belly agreed to meet with him, but the suspect never showed up. On the 8th of November, the Zodiac mailed a card with another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters, and to this day, this cryptogram has never been decoded. The next day, the Zodiac mailed a seven-page letter stating that the two policemen that stopped him actually spoke to him for a number of minutes after the Paul Stein murder. The Chronicle published experts of this letter on the 12th of November. On the 20th of December 1969, exactly one year after the murder of Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday, the Zodiac mailed a letter to Belly that included another strip of Paul Stein's shirt. The Zodiac said that he wanted Belly to help him, although I didn't really find much else like of what that letter contained, like why he wanted to help him, like if he wanted to stop murdering all that type of stuff, do you know what I mean? Hmm, yeah.
0: Belly to help him, I don't know.
1: I feel like even though it was like such a prominent crime to have happened, there
0: still isn't much on it. Do you know what I mean? Like I know, it's weird. It's almost like no one on it. Like almost like no one even collected I don't know, like there was like no evidence or what? Yeah, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? it Give me like Jack the Ripper vibes.
1: Yeah, like when there's not even enough to go on to make like
0: conspiracy theories out of it, that makes you question it even more. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely we know that officially Paul Stein was the last murder committed by the zodiac however over the years a number of murders and close encounters have been thought to have been committed by the zodiac one of these murders took the lives of two teenagers one of these murders took the lives of two teenagers Robert Domingo and Linda Edwards who were shot and killed on the 4th of June 1963 These killings were thought to be possible victims of the Zodiac because of the specific similarities between their attack and the Lake Berryessa murders six years later.
1: Another suspected victim is Kathleen Johns, although she escaped this encounter. On the evening of the 22nd of March 1917, Kathleen Johns was driving from San Bernardino (laughs) to Petaluma to visit her mother. She was seven months pregnant at the time and she had a 10-month-old daughter in the car with her. While on Highway 132 near Modesto, a car driving behind Kathleen began honking its horn and flashing its headlights at her. She decided to pull off the road and stop while the car behind her did the same thing. Sorry, but why? Why would you do that? That's like
0: no, I don't know. If someone was flashing my headlights, suppose... I think it was the police or something.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's like the time as well. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the time where people would never lock the doors, even when they went on holiday. Do you know what I mean? Uh yeah
0: okay the man in the other car go on sorry i was gonna say i feel like i would do something that stupid like if a car yeah. flashes headlights to me i'd be like oh my god what's wrong with my baby car and i would get yeah. yeah. out so, yeah. and especially if you've got your kid in the
1: car you're gonna be like even more yeah
0: that's true mm-hmm.
1: the man in, in the other car got out, got out and approached her telling her that her right wheel was wobbling and offered to tighten her lug nuts why just... does <laughs> <That's laughs> that sound sexual to me? What the fuck's a lug nut? It's the wheel nut. Like Americans just <laughs> call them lug nuts. What the fuck? I have literally never heard that. <laughs> oh my god! After finishing tightening the wheel nuts, the man drove off.
0: Not the lug pulled...
1: nuts. <laughs> I did. I just think the train did. <laughs> Kathleen pulled away, but as soon as she started to re-enter the highway, her right wheel almost immediately came off from the car. The man in the car returned and offered to drive her and her daughter to the nearest petrol station. Kathleen agreed and got into the car with her daughter.
0: Oh, my God, that's fucking clever. You you took the wheel apart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he took them off.
0: Like, yeah.
1: During the car ride, the man passed several service stations but didn't stop. For about 90 minutes, he drove back and forth on the back roads in the surrounding area. When Kathleen would ask him why he hadn't stopped yet, the man would change the subject. Becoming uneasy with the situation, as soon as the car stopped at a junction, Kathleen jumped out with her daughter and hid in a field. The driver got out and began to search for her with a flashlight, telling her that he wouldn't hurt her, but eventually gave up and drove away. Kathleen found someone to give her a lift to the nearest police station so she could report the encounter. At the police station, she noticed a police composite sketch of Paul Stein's killer and recognised him as the man who had abducted her and her child. Fearing that the man might come back and kill them all, the sergeant had Kathleen wait in the dark in a nearby restaurant when Kathleen's car was found, it had been gutted and torched.
0: What the fuck? Yeah. He's
1: gone back
0: and torched (sighs) it to remove any sort of DNA. I have so many questions. She got out of the car and hid in a field. How was her daughter quiet? That's my first yeah, question. Yeah. Second, he gave up. How yeah. far did she run? And thirdly, as if she then got into someone else's car I know I to get a lift to the
1: <laughs> Is she he done? gave up.
0: If he's on like a busy highway
1: or like road, you've then got the risk of someone else pulling over, seeing him searching with a flashlight and being like, Are you okay? Do you want some help? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like, it,
1: but man, I also a policeman
0: though, and then just being like, yeah, he might come back and kill me. So you can wait in the dark near a yeah. restaurant.
1: I also think though, if her daughter hadn't been there, she'd be dead. Do you know what I mean? Because if it was the Zodiac, he never, he never like, he never waited to kill his victims. Do you know what I mean? Like, he didn't let much time pass before he killed them. So I think it was the daughter that put him off killing her.
0: Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. That's what I think
1: anyway, like, if a daughter hadn't been there, or maybe if it's because she was pregnant, I don't know, because she would have been yeah. noticeably, noticeably pregnant at the time.
0: Yeah, what did they say, seven
1: months? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's That is that's that's, like, my way, like, anytime I'm driving on, like, country roads or something and it's pitch black, I'm, like, I'm going to see someone jump out on the road right now. or Do You think gonna... I'm getting into a
0: stranger's car? You're fucking mental.
1: I know. And then after that, like, encounter to freak you out enough to want to go to the police station to report it, to you then get, get in, another in another stranger's car. Oh. Like, I understand you can't just call an Uber, but Jesus, like, I'd be even more, like, worried to get into my second car.
0: My friend Serena always picks up like people walking on the like motorway and that. Does she? Yeah, like elderly people. Like it's usually elderly people she picks up or like women that yeah. are on their own and stuff. So it's not as worrying. But I literally maybe it's me being a bitch, but I would literally I never I've, pick you up. I don't, I don't think care I've who have you
1: seen are. someone who needed to be picked up.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like I, literally, you're not getting in my car. <laughs> Sorry, but that's not happening. You can walk all the way home. I don't care if it's five hundred miles away. See ya. <laughs>
1: See ya. <laughs> I've got a
0: you don't lose
1: i just like, I'd pull over and call them an Uber. Like,
0: God, I wouldn't even do that. Safe so it. I'm really mean, I think.
1: I don't think it's being mean. I think it's being hyper aware and very cautious.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs>
1: and i feel that's like funny. the more aware you are and the more that you learn about murders and stuff the more safe you're going to be because you're aware of it do you know what i mean yeah, you're not going to put yourself like... in stupid situations my mom is always like why are you always listen to like murder and true crime like are you not scared i'm like no it makes me prepared like case, i know and like, actually to watch
0: out was, for certain situations i was speaking to someone about you know the jeffrey epstein documentary yeah and they were saying about they were like oh we had to turn it off like it was really dark and i was thinking was it and then i was thinking god have i just watched so much of that i'm fucking numb to it now i think i've definitely watched like darker
1: documentaries yeah i don't know maybe it's that maybe it's not something that they just
0: never watch stuff like that yeah i don't know but to me i'm like eh. i watch it now and i'm like oh, whatever here's what it is but yeah
1: The Zodiac continued to communicate with authorities for the remainder of 1970 via letters and with the press via greeting cards. On the 28th of April 1970, in a greeting card to the Chronicle the Zodiac threatened to bomb a bus unless the newspaper published whatever he wrote. He also wanted people to start wearing buttons with the Zodiac sign on it. (laughs) This guy's a fucking
0: narcissist.
1: I feel like that <laughs> bit is a copy of the, ser- what, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a famous serial killer in New Orleans that they never found. And I think it was like the thirties maybe or forties. Mm-hmm. Um, And basically on he would write to the newspapers or wherever and said that everyone in the surrounding area had to play jazz music or have live jazz bands in their house. And the ones that didn't, they would be his targets. Uh, you know I mean? like, They did the it, it on American. They did it on American Horror Story. Do you remember on um, Coven, that serial um, killer? That that was an actual serial killer. They never uh, got yeah. him either. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Back to the Zodiac. In his letter on the twenty sixth of June, he stated that he was disappointed not to see people wearing the buttons, and stated that he shot a man sitting in the park. It's believed he was referring to the murder of Sergeant Richard. Radich, yeah, Radich, yeah. on the 19th of June at 5.25am. Radich was writing a parking ticket in his squad car when he got shot in the head with a thirty-eight caliber pistol, although the San Francisco PD denies that the Zodiac was involved with this murder and it still remains unsolved.
0: How can you deny that he was involved then if it's unsolved? That doesn't make sense to me.
1: So, like, they because they denied that he was involved in the murder it's still an unsolved case
0: yeah but how can you deny that he wasn't like i I don't know how to explain
1: this maybe like if it's unsolved then how how can you say that it wasn't him
0: yeah i suppose if
1: you don't know maybe there was like other evidence that we don't know of that says that it almost definitely wasn't him i don't know yeah maybe because he he like he sent through proof last time didn't he of, of him doing it yeah. I mean, like, he either told them information that he, they hadn't released to the public or he sent, like, like, he sent Paul Stein's bloody shirt, didn't he? Yeah,
0: you yeah, know, that's um, true.
1: Yeah, it's probably stuff like that. Like, there wasn't enough to confirm that it was him rather than they were convinced it wasn't.
0: Hmm. On October 27th, 1970, Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, who had been covering the Zodiac case, received a hallowe'en card signed with the letter z and the zodiac's cross circle symbol handwritten on the card was the note peekaboo you are doomed the threat received a front-page story in the chronicle soon after receiving this letter avery received an anonymous letter alerting him to the similarities between the zodiac's activity and the unsolved murder of cherry joe bates which happened four years earlier more than four hundred miles from san francisco
1: and with it being an anonymous letter, that isn't the Zodiac claiming that it was him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Maybe that's someone from the area saying, actually, you need to look into this a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah,
0: but why would you put peekaboo you are doing that so no,
1: this No, that was a letter beforehand, wasn't it? So that's a threat oh, to him. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. On the evening of 30th of October 1966, 18-year-old Cherry Joe Bates spent the evening at the Riverside Community College Library until it closed at 9pm. At around 10.30pm, neighbours were reported hearing a scream. Cho- Cherry was found dead in the next... <laughs> oh my god, I say that. <laughs> I keep going to say Sherry. Sherry? Yeah. Maybe it's
0: Sherry, but I said Sherry already, so...
1: I think it is Sherry. Sherry Joe Bates. Okay. Okay, we apologise if it's Cherry and we apologise if it's (laughs) Cherry. (laughs) I need help. Let us know, guys. (laughs) Okay. Cherry was found dead the next morning between two abandoned houses, a short distance from the library. The wires in her Volkswagen distributor cap had been pulled out and she was brutally beaten and stabbed to death. Now, I had to ask my brother, who's an engineer, about why the Volkswagen distributor cap was like important and he said basically if the wires from the distributor cap are pulled out or removed or whatever it either causes the car to not run right so like as you're driving you just know it's not feeling right or the car Mm. won't start at all
0: so So he was probably he'd probably done that and then planned like yeah so
1: so he was like he must have been watching her seeing what um car she was from he's gone and done it and then She's either come out into the car park, tried to start the car, and he's walked up and said, like, do you need some help? And because she wasn't found too far, like, too far away from the library, maybe she's run away and that's that's where they found her. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, But I can't say for sure because I don't know exactly where the car was left or where they found the car. Um, a month later, on the 29th of November, nearly identical typewritten letters were mailed to the riverside police and the riverside press enterprise titled the confession the author claimed responsibility for bates's murder providing details of the crime that were not released to the public which is the mo of um Uh, the same thing that he did yeah 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 exactly six months after cherry's murder her father the press enterprise and the riverside police received letters reading Bates had to die. There will be more, with a small scribble at the bottom that resembled a letter Z. I can believe that it was him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, when killers start out, they start out trying to figure out how they're going to do things. Do you know what I mean? So then, the murders afterwards, which were what six years later, mm-hmm. um, or oh, four years uh, four years later. Sorry, they were in like sec- not secluded spots, but spots where you know a lot of people won't be around so that's why he did them in daylight and things like that some of them anyway in 1971 five months after paul avery's article linking the zodiac to the riverside murder the zodiac mailed a letter to the los angeles times in the letter he credited the police instead of avery for discovering his riverside activity but they are only finding the easy ones there are a hell of a lot more down there The connection between Cherry Joe Bates, Riverside and the Zodiac remains uncertain. There have been other potential connections between unsolved
0: murders around that time and the Zodiac. The Zodiac remained silent for almost three years until January 1974 when the Chronicle received a letter from the Zodiac praising The Exorcist as the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen. The letter included a snippet of verse from the Mikado and an unusual symbol at the bottom that has remained unexplained by researchers. Zodiac concluded the letter with the new score, ME 37, SFPD 0. In April 2004, San Francisco Police marked the case inactive, citing caseload pressure and resource demands, effectively closing the case. However, they reopened their case sometime before March 2007. In May 2018, the Vallejo Police Department announced their intention to attempt to collect the Zodiac killer's DNA from the back of stamps that he used during his correspondence. The Vallejo police said that results were expected in several weeks. However, as of December 2019, no results have been reported.
1: Are they trying to hide something? That's what I want to
0: know. Well, I'll tell you in a bit. So let's
1: get on to the psychology, which is my favourite to do with crimes. Yeah. I love trying to figure out why. Murder is murder. Like, I don't know about you, but...
0: I mean, if only we could find that one out.
1: I just feel like it's more... Obviously not taking away the importance of, like, the crime and the victim and stuff, but it's a lot more interesting to try and understand why they do that. Because, like, it's Mm. not... Not every day someone kills someone, like, and feels all right about it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Anyway. Many have actually tried to create a psychological profile of the Zodiac Killer, in the hopes to get closer to identifying him. Dr. Lawrence Friedman concluded that the Zodiac killer led a terror-dominated life, insisting insisting on his power due to feeling powerless. So he's trying to compensate for those feelings, essentially.
0: Mm.
1: A psychological assessment offered by William F. Baker portrayed the Zodiac as an unquestionable, paranoid and schizophrenic person. Which, again, I think makes sense, especially because his MO changes. Do you know what I mean? So if he's got multiple personalities or schizophrenia, then...
0: Yeah. I don't know about paranoid, though. I mean, he seems pretty fucking confident sending these letters to everyone. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, schizophrenic... Maybe
1: it's like paranoid in a different way. Yeah. Paranoid in the sense of that's why he has to kill. Yeah. I don't know how that would make sense, but yeah. In 2001, Michael D. Keller and and psychologist David Van Nuys concluded that the Zodiac may have suffered from multiple personality disorders. For the Zodiac killer, all attacks occurred on weekends, dusk or after dark, and usually around holidays. It's commonly agreed that the Zodiac's primary motive was to demonstrate his superiority. He craved attention and wanted to be in charge of the investigation. Three times during his killing spree, Zodiac went after couples, which may indicate envious feelings against them due to the inability of having a meaningful love relationship with another person. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's all right. Zodiac enjoyed ambushing his victims. He hadn't considered the killings as being high risk, even though a lot of them occurred out in the open. The killer may have fantasised about being more powerful than he actually was. Taunting the authorities may be an indication of uncertainty about the killer's intelligence. The publicity gave a huge ego boost to the Zodiac and he enjoyed the spotlight. The Zodiac killer never struck to one certain pattern. He changed and perfected his MO, obviously showing that the killing was a sport for him. Sometimes Zodiac displays traits of both serial and spree killer as well as both organized and disorganized offender which classifies them as a mixed type of killer. Serial killers in the mixed category are killers who cannot easily be differentiated as either organized or disorganized because they display traits of both. Their crimes comprise of some sort of evidence of planning but there is a poor cover-up of the victim's body. For example They might have a plan and bring murder weapons, gloves, and other things used for the killing, but the crime scene becomes a mess when the plan either fails or they become uncontrolled. Research shows that most serial killers do not fall into a single category. They are classified based on their motives, organisational, and social patterns. A good example of a mixed serial killer is Richard Ramirez, who killed 19 people between 1984 and 1985 it's believed that he murdered his victims in their homes casually yet overcoming them with a wild attack by applying dangerous force
0: very interesting Mm. i think what's really interesting is like when you talk about the mixed psychology
1: Mm.
0: not the mixed psychology whatever you said the mix the mixed category yeah i think that's one of the big reasons he was never caught was because police in like the 1970s they weren't used to this um criminal psychology really do you know what i mean Mm, mm. they weren't really used to understanding serial killers and like especially even though because they have serial killers like ted bundy or whatever yeah
1: that's what i was going to say like they were all around that time but you have to remember it was still new yeah but it was also still new around that time like we can look back on it and say there were so many killings and serial killers at that time. But at the time when it's happening in real, like real life and real time, you're not going to really
0: know much about it, are you? So. And I think as well, like, if it wasn't for him sending those letters, you might have connected the first two murders probably because yeah. they were both similar, like drive-by kind of shootings. As a small town, like, yeah. But like the killing the cab driver and all the other murders that he was like, he said that he did, you would never have put them... Together, if it was yeah, it's exactly totally
1: different, know. isn't it? Yeah.
0: So why was he never caught? Obviously, we just spoke about the psychology of him and how like people didn't really understand uh, in like the 70s the idea of a mixed murderer. Mm. But also, it's what's really interesting is that though the first two murder scenes were just five miles apart, they were actually in different police districts, and they were therefore investigated by different people. And the third attack near Napa and the fourth in San Francisco again all four different jurisdictions so they've got different processes separately working the cases and this is kind of during a time where each police department was like an entity to itself mm-hmm. so they didn't want to share information they didn't want to talk to other people so no one really worked with each other and i think that's where the police departments kind of fell short
1: yeah definitely
0: um, like think they didn't this- have just
1: like one database that they where all the crimes went into like
0: no and I think today it would be much easier to like talk to other districts and be like, "Yo, like, yeah, this fucking definitely. guy shot these people." But yeah, I don't know. They just don't do that over there. I don't know. Yeah, um, but it would be like even they
1: wouldn't have one team pinning all these crimes on a map and trying to find the pattern. Do you know what I mean? That like yeah. to them, it's all separate crimes until he announces that he's done it yeah they can't even see the pattern in the location do you know what i mean like
0: yeah and also i what i read like a reason why he never got caught it's the same thing you spoke about earlier about um them saying that he was a black male rather than white male Mm -hmm. yeah description a lot of a lot of the police work during the time of the zodiac killings was mishandled and they didn't really i don't know that what they did with it but like the mistaken description the zodiac like taunts them afterwards for that and also like Mm. modern forensics was like still in its infancy in the 70s like crime scene investigation was really minimal and the evidence collected was really poorly preserved yeah um and i know you spoke earlier about like the stamps they were trying to get like dna off the stamps but actually i think they um tried to get dna off those stamps but because the evidence has been so poorly collected and it's degraded since then and like so many police officers have handled it because it was such like an infamous case investigators haven't even been able to collect dna profiles from these stamps because yeah. you know, there's just nothing on them anymore
1: like if that happened now and we knew that in order for you to have the stamps on the envelope you had to lick it you'd be like oh let's check that but yeah. at that time because it's still fairly like new they didn't even like think like that could be where they could get. Or maybe they did think, or and just didn't test it. I don't know. But if it happened now, it'd be initially like everyone would be like, check the stamp. Do you know what I mean? Or like check the postmark, see what location it came from, because it's all yeah, tracking,
0: definitely isn't it?
1: I don't know if it was tracked back then, but now you have like where it's actually come from, what town it's come from, don't you? Like what postal depot it's come from?
0: Yeah. So should we talk about some suspects? Let's
1: do it.
0: So I've got like four or five main ones but there's this one guy who everyone's pretty sure it was him Arthur Lee Allen yes so Arthur Lee Allen (laughs) introducing Arthur Lee Allen so in Robert Graysmith's book The Zodiac um, advanced Arthur Lee Allen as a potential suspect based on circumstantial evidence Allen had been interviewed by police from the early days of the Zodiac investigations and he was the subject of several search warrants over a 20-year period in 2007, Grace Smith noted that several police detectives described Allen as the most likely suspect. However, in 2010, Toshi stated that all evidence against Allen was ultimately circumstantial. On October 6, 1969, Allen was interviewed by Detective John Lynch of the Vallejo Police Department. Allen had been reported in the vicinity of the Lake Berryessa attack against Hartnell and Shepard on September 27, 1969. He described himself as scuba diving at Salt Point on the day of the attacks. Really, very, very bougie.
1: See, I've heard that he was supposedly um, hunting, like hunting rabbits or something. Really? Yeah.
0: Hmm. I don't either know. Way, either way, he was about.
1: I might be getting that from the movie Zodiac, you know, with Jake Gyllenhaal. So maybe that's not like factual. (laughs) I can't actually say where I got that from.
0: And at the end of this podcast, we will reference Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Alan again came to police attention in 1971 when his friend Donald Chaney reported to police in Manhattan, Beach, California, that Alan had spoken of his desire to kill people and used the name Zodiac and secure a flashlight to a firearm for visibility at night. According to Cheney, this conversation occurred no later than January 1st, 1969. I feel mm. like you'd remember when that conversation happened, though. That's just me. Yeah. If you told Definitely. me you wanted to start killing people and call yourself the Zodiac, I'd be like, well, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, and, like, go into detail as well, like...
0: Jack Mullinax of the Vallejo Police Department sub- subsequently wrote that Alan had received an other than honourable discharge from the US Navy in 1958. He had been fired from his job as an elementary school teacher in March 1968 after allegations of sexual misconduct with students. He was generally well regarded by those who knew him, but he was also described as fixated on young children and angry at women. Now this, I found that really interesting because you said earlier about how they thought the killer was like, he'd hated women. Yeah. They kind of couldn't have a relationship. And what's interesting actually is that Alan spent two years in prison for sexually assaulting a 12 year old boy I think it was
1: yeah and I think if if it was him and the um is it Kathleen the one who was abducted mm. if he had some sort of it sounds sick if he had some no no the one who was abducted with their baby oh no yeah right,
0: right that's not Sherry sorry no sorry Sherry.
1: Kath- Kathleen Johns
0: mm-hmm. um
1: basically if he had it sounds sick but if he had some sort of um like feelings towards children Yeah let's put it that way. To say, Being
0: like oh win win
1: Well no but also then that's why Maybe he didn't hurt her because he doesn't want to hurt The child because he like He's attracted to children Do you know what I mean like um, maybe not of that Young but He's not going to be willing to hurt A child if he's, if he's Attracted to children like basically Okay Does that make sense
0: Yeah kind of so there's a lot more evidence that existed against Alan, but it's all circumstantial. So listen to some of the things that I found. A letter sent to the Riverside Police Department from Bates' killer was typed with a Royal typewriter with an elite type, which is the same brand found during the February 1991 search of Alan's residence.
1: Go into that. But also, how many typewriters with that? <laughs> I like,
0: know it But listen to this next one. He owned and wore a Zodiac brand wristwatch. Well, I mean, guilty. <laughs> Come on, lock this man up and throw away the key. He wore a Zodiac wristwatch. Oh, my God.
1: Well, two plus two must equal ten, let's <laughs> say.
0: Quick math. <laughs> okay, the second one, I mean, the third one is kind of, is kind of a reliable... Um, evidence i think he lived near vallejo and worked just minutes away from where one of the zodiac friends victims sorry lived and where one of the killings took place which i mean i don't know you can't
1: help help i feel like again i think it was in the movie but i think the movie was like only a bit dramatized for like effect i'm pretty sure that they said that he lived near one of the victims like he lived 10 doors down 10 doors yeah, down from one of the, I don't
0: know who yeah
1: cuz they thought sorry. maybe that he knew like the killer knew her yeah. because of how she was treated or whatever cuz i don't mm. think he actually initially went to shoot her do you know what i mean cuz he pointed it towards michael didn't he
0: yeah
1: and it went through to her but then he came back and shot them both twice
0: okay i don't know so- In 2002, uh, San Francisco Police Department developed a partial DNA profile from the saliva stamp and envelopes of Zodiac letters. SFPD compared this partial DNA to the DNA of Arthur Allen. However, since the test result did not indicate a match, Allen was excluded as the contributors of the DNA. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't his. Mm. Retired police handwriting expert, what a job, Lloyd Cunningham, who worked on the Zodiac case for decades, stated that they gave me banana boxes full of Allen's writing and none of his writing even came close to the Zodiac, nor did DNA extracted from the envelopes come close to Arthur Allen. However, it is important to note that while police often do use document examiners during investigations, courts have ruled that the scientific validity of handwriting analysis is mixed to negative. So, yeah, uh, take what you want from that.
1: Wasn't, couldn't he write with both hands? I can't remember what the word's called.
0: Isn't it ambidextrous? Yeah, yeah, I think that's God, it. I'm a fucking genius! <laughs> <laughs> As if I knew that off the top of my head, <laughs> I'm literally a genius. But do you know what I
1: mean. So, like, if obviously, if I'm writing with my left hand, it's going to look totally different. If I'm writing with my hand, even if I <laughs> yeah. can't, or a right hand, even if I can write with both. If I
0: write with my left
1: hand, I look like an illiterate slug. So. Yeah. again i know it's circumstantial evidence but it's not to say that it's not still
0: him yeah that's true so there's a few more guys are we ready to hear them let's go i mean obviously we all think it's arthur allen but let's not be too harsh on this guy so (laughs) the second second um suspect convicted murderer edward wayne edwards edward edwards what a name
1: what a name
0: was raised as a possible Zodiac suspect based on circumstantial evidence. Again, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence here. Edwards was in and out of jail and prison for armed robbery and other offences during the 1950s and 60s and was on the FBI's most wanted list. After being paroled, he wrote two books about his supposed rehabilitation and appeared on the game show To Tell the Truth. However, Edwards' daughter reported him to police in the early 2000s due to suspicions that he had killed people in the 70s and 80s. Edwards was ultimately convicted of five murders and died in prison. He was raised as a Zodiac suspect due to his travels to California during the late 60s. Edwards served in the U.S. Marines while Zodiac was believed to have military experience. So, Hmm. I don't know, they, I mean... There are bits,
1: isn't there, that match up? It does,
0: kind of. But you think, I don't know, if you think, if he got convicted of murders, wouldn't you just then admit to it? I don't know, you probably wouldn't.
1: yeah. Again, if he is the Zodiac, then he's going to want to still taunt people, isn't he? Yeah.
0: Do you know
1: what I mean? Like, it's not, oh, well, I've been caught for something, I might as well. Just own up now. Mm. There's still that element of wanting to keep the mystery.
0: So, the third suspect is our good friend George Hodel from last week. Do we all remember him? Lovely chap. Had bodies (laughs) in the basement. You know, really nice guy.
1: Again, wasn't confirmed, but it definitely was him.
0: (laughs) So, retired police detective Steve Hodell, we remember him, don't we? The one that threw his dad under the bus, yeah? Yes. He argues that in his book, The Black Dahlia Avenger, his father, George Hodell, was the Black Dahlia killer whose victims include Elizabeth Short. The book led to the release of previously suppressed files and wire recordings by the LA District Attorney's Office, which showed that the elder Hodell had indeed been a prime suspect in Short's murder. In a follow up book, Steve Hodell argues that a circumstantial case that his father was also the Zodiac killer, based upon a police sketch. The similarity of the style of the Zodiac letters to the Black Dahlia Avenger letters and question document examination. Mm, what do we think? I
1: don't I don't think it was him.
0: Me neither. I'm not really into this one. They just, yeah, they just killed in such like. I
1: understand the Zodiac kept changing his mo. But yeah, but that Black Dahlia killing, like that picture, has given me fucking nightmares. That take, yeah, but he takes time with that. That's like methodical. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like,
0: actually, these, I totally agree.
1: Uh, these killings are, yeah, he plans it out in the sense of he takes, he takes the weapons and stuff. But as soon as it's over, he goes. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't pose them. He doesn't. Drain their blood, whatever. And it's also where they're found is where they're killed. Whereas with the Black Dahlia, where she was found, that's not where she was killed. Was yeah, but also she was
0: like mutilated and like. Yeah, but
1: that's what I mean. Like it, it's it a whole fucking mess. Different. You don't just go from like from like one end to the other, especially if it's all happening towards around the same time. Like mm. maybe not the same time, but it wasn't. It wasn't long after. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't believe it. Okay. Are they all
0: the suspects? Yeah, I've got, no, I've got two more. Okay. In February 2014, it was reported that a man named Louis Joseph Myers had confessed to a friend in 2001 that he was a Zodiac killer after learning that he was dying from cirrhosis of the liver. He requested that his friend, Randy Kenny, go to the public upon, uh, not the public, the police upon his death. Myers died in 2002 but Kenny allegedly had difficulties getting officers to cooperate and take him seriously. There are several potential connections between Myers and the Zodiac case. Myers attended the same high school as victims David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, and allegedly worked in the same restaurant as victim Darlene Ferrin. Myers also had access to the same sort of military boot whose print was found at Lake Berryessa. Furthermore, during 1971 and 1973, when no Zodiac letters were received, Myers was stationed overseas with the military. Kenny says that Myers confessed he targeted couples because he had had a bad breakup with his girlfriend. And while officers associated the case are sceptical, they believe the story is credible enough to investigate.
1: Yeah, I think that matches up more than it does with George Hodell.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't even know. I, George Hodels pretty much I only put that in there because we talked about it last week.
1: But I also think maybe Steve Hodels just wanting the second book deal.
0: Mm. so that's why that that's come up you know what <laughs> i mean I, I mean it for the money people are it's like that like that. yeah this last guy uh i think he's my favorite really what favorite like for the most listen to this it's just fucked listen <laughs> robert ivan nichols aka joseph newton chandler the third wow <laughs> was a formerly unidentified identity thief (laughs) who committed suicide in Eastlake, Ohio, in July 2002. After his death, investigators were unable to locate his family and discovered that he had actually stolen the identity of an eight-year-old boy who was killed in a car crash in Texas in 1945. That's fucked. Isn't that fucked? Yeah. No, it is. The length to which Nicole's... There you go.
1: Sorry, the... With the thought of it, with you saying he committed suicide, that's something that I saw in the psychology. Yet, um, Dr. Lawrence Friedman, while he also said that he probably led a terror-dominated life and insisted on his power due to feeling powerless, he was also very possibly likely to be insane and suicidal. And his suicide, if committed, would have been his final expression of what his homicides meant to him.
0: I guess that's like you kind of get to keep the power, isn't it? Rather than you're going to find me and lock me away, actually. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself yeah. and you don't have the satisfaction of actually charging me. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... mm. So, Sorry, the, the lengths to which Nicoles went to, to hide his identity, led to speculation that he was a violent fugitive. In 2017, Fitzpatrick, along with Dr. Margaret Press, formed the non-profit DNA Doe Project, which revisited the case by analyzing the man's autosomal DNA using the same methodology they used in identifying Deborah Jackson and Lyle Stevick. I don't even know who the fuck they are.
1: Oh wait, sorry, Deborah Jackson. Deborah Jackson is um, Orange Socks. Do you remember from that documentary that we saw that? um
0: oh, yeah, I hate that documentary. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, gone. Okay, so. In March 2018, the DNA Doe Project identified the man who had killed himself as Robert Ivan Nichols. The U.S. Marshals Service announced the identification at a press conference in Cleveland on June 20th, 2018. Authorities had believed that he was a fugitive of some kind. And there were many theories as to what he may have been running from, none of which were confirmed. Some internet sleuths suggest that he might have been a Zodiac killer, as he did resemble police sketches of the Zodiac killer, and he had lived in California where the Zodiac operated. Mm. That's it. That's all. I. That's I, it. But, that's not it. But like I'm saying, I don't really Any... believe this one. Imagine actually having a fake identity. <laughs>
1: Honestly, I couldn't. I have. I haven't got the energy for it. I
0: know. Imagine like. hiding all your life. Fuck that.
1: But also, there is another suspect, and I didn't actually read too much on him because um, I thought it would come up in yours. I think. you and as well because I read
0: about it and then I literally
1: couldn't be honest to put it in well yeah it's the son who believes his dad was um the zodiac I didn't look into as to why he is because I started reading the book that the son had wrote and I haven't got too far into it but essentially this the father when he was younger um his dad was a pastor who eventually joined the military you know after um Pearl Harbor Mm. um i don't know if he eventually did like i probably should have looked into this more but i think is was it in one of the letters he referenced the mikado um which is a japanese i feel like it's a japanese musical maybe Uh, basically that was his dad's favorite musical song whatever it is anyway and also as his dad was growing up um his dad and his grandfather would make up um cryptograms. And really? Yeah. Um, his mom was very detached from him, she was always cheating on his father. He he eventually divorced her, which resulted in him getting excommunicated because obviously in the church you can't divorce, especially at that mm. time. But yeah, so his dad remarried, he never liked his father's new wife, like she was never very nice to him. And he lived with his mum in San Francisco. Um, and she ignored him the whole time. She had an abusive boyfriend who I think she eventually married. Like, he was isolated. He was, like, he was always alone. And with the psychology, it sort of makes sense. Like, he was quite powerless in his... Mm. in his... I need to look into it more, really, because even towards the start, reading about his childhood, it made more sense that it could be him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of the time when you look at the childhood you're like oh actually this makes sense now. oh my
0: god what is his surname Kane?
1: basically the book's called the most dangerous animal of all cbs have done a really interesting documentary in it but i haven't managed to get access to it because it's in america and my vpn doesn't work for that particular site for some reason well, um, well, well. i know i was literally sure on facebook like has anyone got a hulu account that i can borrow
0: yeah i did see that
1: <laughs> um Oh, so it's a, do- a four-part documentary on FX. Um, it's basically this man, Gary Stewart, I think his name is. He believes that his father is the Zodiac, similar to how Steve Odell did. He researched. I think it was after his father's death, father's death.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so it was L Van Best Jr. who is his dad. Um, I don't know why he's. Well, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to look into. I think maybe that one makes more sense than George Hodel, like, having been a zodiac, I definitely. Mm. But, yeah, so we've given you some suspects. you want to go look at any more, feel
0: free. Yeah, there is literally millions. Yeah. You, like, I was literally every day finding another, another one, another one, another one, and I thought, fuck this, I literally can't talk about all these people.
1: But I feel like because it's been so long as well and because it was so publicised, people are gonna constantly it's a bit like with um the Black Dahlia. Mm. Like people they were found that they weren't even born at that time are still claiming to be
0: the It's killer. mental. I think it's just the idea that like that someone did something like that and then they were never found. Like that's fucked. Yeah, yeah. And they could be still out there like doing it. That's just weird. I know. Scary, I imagine they
1: probably old by now if not dead
0: maybe not mm-hmm. but still
1: they'd be like but some s- say they're in their 40s didn't
0: yes. they yeah so i mean i feel like we've come to like a really anticlimactic ending but it's this is what happens with these cases because they have we have no one to just be like they did it You're like, yeah. so, we're
1: not we're not an investigative podcast
0: <laughs> We literally like, like that. we're part. not
1: yeah we're not out to try and solve things we're just like talking about how interesting
0: it is the fact that they haven't
1: been solved yeah
0: it is crazy interesting so next week we're doing john benet ramsey yeah
1: yeah although i'm pretty sure i know
0: that who did that just saying yeah that one's really famous so that should be interesting yeah and i actually think there's quite a few conspiracy theories around that so i'm going to be having a good time
1: I mean, conspiracy theories, when it's to do with stuff like that, that's what I can get on board with. It's when people yeah. start saying, the earth's flat and shit like that. I
0: can't. This is like we, why we need to do one on Madeline McCann as well because I fucking saw this conspiracy theory that she was sold into the people ring wing in America and it blew my socks off.
1: Oh my god, I have, I like even I have so many conspiracy theories of. What I'm so to her. invested
0: in that now.
1: I yeah.
0: would love to think that she's just grown up and lived a normal life. Well.
1: Yeah, I think everyone. That'd be would. fucking
0: awesome if it had though. If she just yeah. been like,
1: like. it's traumatic. Like even if she doesn't remember being taken, it's traumatic to then find out that your whole life has
0: been a lie. Imagine imagine, but, you're living, imagine if she's lived her life, she doesn't even know who she is. Yeah, She's like, wow, how shit, this girl went missing and you don't even realise you're the girl anyway I'm getting into it now for another day for another day yeah so yeah next week we're going to be doing JonBenet Ramsey Mm -hmm. and so we me and Lydia had like a conversation we kind of decided that we're going to do what four and four or six weeks of the same thing yeah of the same like topic instead of rather than like each month
1: yeah just so that we're we're not only doing two this month like and because sometimes you won't have like four different topics within the same theme to talk about, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it might no, just I was be thinking like an what episode we on its about? own.
0: Yeah, like anxiety and stuff. Like, what are you going to do? Four weeks of mental health? Like, I don't yeah. know much about that. and I'm not a professional, and I don't want to yeah. sit here and be patronising.
1: Yeah, and yeah. even stuff like sleep and sleep paralysis. Like, yeah, it's an interesting one and stuff, but you're not going to do a whole month's worth, are you?
0: No, that's true.
1: Yeah and plus oh, we're very into crime so there's a lot to talk about <laughs>
0: that's true so i don't want to hop off the true crime bandwagon and then be like well we want to get back on it like in yeah the, like, yeah this.
1: definitely so, so yeah
0: that's that then that's see it you I hope Thursdays. you enjoyed
1: see you bye. later bye, bye.